0: Mark chapter nine is where we're going to be, and today Mark chapter nine. And, and once you once you get there, uh, you can put a finger there, and then you can go to Hebrews eleven, um, and then put a finger there, and then go to John chapter fourteen. You say, well, wh- well, what if I have a digital Bible? Well, guess what? There's some things in the old school Bibles that just make it easier, right? I'm just saying, you know, they don't run out of power, and they, uh, you know, you don't have to be plugged in or anything, but. Uh, but uh i'm going to look at uh, if you if you got those hebrews chapter 11 uh, i'll start there how's that hebrews chapter 11 mark chapter 9 and then john chapter 14 uh so um when you got it say i got it if you don't say hold up all right i can i can wait just a moment for for the a few people there hebrews uh hebrews chapter 11 says this and I, and this is not my my verse but I felt like it was important to add today is this, and it's a good reminder to us coming in 2022, and, and it says this, Hebrews 11:6 says, and without faith, it is what? To please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. How many know that God rewards those who seek him? We ought to seek him with all our hearts, all right, not just for the reward. You know what the reward really is when we seek him with all our hearts? That we know him more. Ah, man, sometimes being in, 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 in just contact with the Lord is, is amazing because good things happen just because he is the Lord. But to know him, that's the ultimate goal. All right, look at this. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. When you got it, say, hey, I, I'm there. All right, a few of you got it. If you if you don't have it, say, hold up. All right, good. John chapter 14, verse 12. If you don't have it, it will be up on the screen. It says this right here. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this... I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. All right, there's a very powerful scripture. Now Mark chapter 9, go backwards in your Bible. Go back to Mark chapter 9 and You say, wow, you're really taking us on a journey. I'm keeping you awake this morning. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it says this, and Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. All right, everyone say, all things are possible for one who believes. Let me ask you this today, what are you believing for in your life today? What are you believing for? See, here's the thing. I mean, I, I've been in church a, a long time in my life, and I have. I've seen. I've seen some awesome things in church. I've seen some amazing things, but I still haven't tasted, and I still haven't seen, and I, I, I still am trying to walk this scripture out in my life. I'm not perfect, and you aren't either. All right, look at your neighbor. Say you aren't perfect. All right, uh, and, and my question is this, and, and, I, and this is not an indictment on anybody here, but this is just, an, uh, just a statement, uh, you know, in, in general. Not really calling out our church, but calling out the whole church in, in general. Why aren't we seeing our prayers answered? And man, it makes me think, why has the church become so complacent, sometimes ineffective at praying, well, that's rough, isn't it? Uh, because here's the thing. We'll, we'll pray for the sick, and we'll pray for the bound, and we'll pray for the lost. And how come we don't see the fruit of, of if those things? You know, if, we, if, we, if we look at the scriptures that just all things are possible, how come we don't see the fruition of those things? And and Jesus said you'll do greater things, right? So, so here's the question. Where is the greater in your life? Now, now I'm not chastising anybody but here's the thing you're going to have to own this on your own okay cuz this is this is not just a corporate thing but this is this is you hey and I say and I'd say that to myself where is the greater tj where is the greater in your life and 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 so and oftentimes we we fail to see the supernatural moving the power of almighty god within our lives and listen i can tell you this As a pastor, there are things that are happening sometimes that you don't see that I do see that are good, okay? Some things, uh, God is answering prayers and God is doing things. But here's what happens. Unbelief will negate or postpone the will of God in your life. Unbelief, just simple unbelief. And so I'll give you an example. The children of Israel were delayed 40 years because of their unbelief. They had a destiny, they had a purpose, and God said, well, hold up. I, I'm going I'm to stop you right there, right? And, and so I say this. God, forgive us for not believing and trusting in you, for not moving in faith and being complacent with the status quo in our lives. Now, don't kill the messenger. He said, I thought this was going to be encouraging, Pastor. Well, yeah, I promise, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, is it possible... As the church, the reason we don't see the miraculous all the time is because of our unbelief. Well, I have faith. I believe that all of us have faith. And I, I believe we all have a measure of faith. It takes faith, right? It, it, it's a matter of fact, that's one of the main things that we need to be saved, is 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 faith, belief in God, knowing God. And 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 but I think there's some principles within the text that I'm gonna read in just a second that can help us out. And and here's what I want to speak today is this. All things Are possible if you believe. Everyone say, All things are possible if you believe. All right, let's try that again. All things are possible if you believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. God, I ask, Lord, that you would just use me as a vessel as you see fit today. God, I pray, Lord, that I would get out of the way, Lord, and you would just have your will and way. God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be charged, that our faith would be would be charged with the mighty move of God today. God, I ask, Lord, that you would change our lives, God. Change our perspective, Lord, to your perspective. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 28. Here's the story that I, I want to lay out for you. It says this. And when they came... To the disciples they saw a great crowd around them, and the scribes arguing with him. Verse 15. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. They're talking about Jesus here, okay. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with men? Talking about the disciples there. Verse uh, 17 says this. And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher. I brought my son to you, for he has a a spirit that makes him mute. Verse 18. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I ask your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Look at this. Verse 19 says this. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And I want to look at this text today. There's a lot to unpack in this text. A little backstory too. But I want to look at this text. And I, I want to challenge you today that all things are possible. All right? All things are possible. So, uh, just buckle up Everyone look at your neighbors neighbor and say buckle up. All right, we're going to we're going to do this. It's interesting to me. This is one of those uh, scriptures in the Bible that a lot of people want to shy away from. And I've noticed this in the book of Mark and, and a lot of occasions, he he does not shy away from the demonic. He he just just go straight at it, I, and, and especially in this place, most of us we don't really want to talk about you know the demonic activities and and things. And Scripture says that this this particular story is in the synoptic gospels, or all the all all, all Matthew, Mark, Luke, or Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but it's not in John. But this this story talks about. This young man, and, and one, one uh, of the writers, one of the um, gospel writers, calls this boy lunatic, actually. And, and Mark doesn't, doesn't necessarily call him lunatic, but, but it talks about what is going on in his life. And, and he's demonically oppressed. How many know that the enemy is still at work in our world? All right. And so we need to understand what how the enemy operates, all right? Hey, and here's the thing. We're in a spiritual battle. And I don't know if you know that or not, but you're in a spiritual battle as a child of God. And you're fighting battles, and the only way you're going to be able to fight spiritual battles is with spiritual weapons. You can't do it in your own ability, and that means you're going to have to pray. Amen. And not just pray, but pray fervently. Learn to pray. I One of the things I can say about the older generation when I was growing up, man, they knew how to pray. Because here's the thing. Uh, when I was growing up, if you went up to the front, man, they were going to pray whatever was out of you some way, somehow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. All right. And, and, and maybe, maybe we just need to get back to that point, okay? But prayer changes things. So I, I want to look at this. There, I think there's three reasons why our unbelief keeps us from seeing the miracles of God uh, as we pray. So look at this. Here's, here's the first thing. And this story, uh, you know, there's a little backstory to this. But here's my first point is this. We are stuck on the mountaintop experience. Stuck on the mountaintop experience. Uh, You know, when I was a district youth director in Southern California, I I served for four years. And our campground there in, in Southern California sits at about... 5,500 to 6,000 feet up in the mountains, okay, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, Uh, in in the middle of July, you go up there, it's 55 degrees at night, you got to wear a hoodie, but it's about 80 degrees, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place, and we would go up there, and one of the things that, that we would say during camp is this, don't, don't, get stuck in this mountaintop experience. This thing has to go home with you. It's not it doesn't just stay up here on the mountaintop. And so here's here's the here's the backstory here what's what's going on. In Mark chapter nine, the first part of this chapter, uh we know of the story of Jesus. He's take he he takes Peter, James, and John, his his three his three Friends, his his three clo- close companions, the three amigos, right? They're there with it. We are the three amigos. I don't know why that just topped went in my head. All right, but he takes them to the top of the mountain with him, and in that moment, he has this transfiguration. Jesus' deity uh, comes out. Okay, in this moment, he's there up on the mountain with with uh, Peter, James, and John, and 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 his deity comes out of his humanity there, and there he is. He's a floating floating uh, figure, and and so they're there. And and then while they're sitting there, and then all of a sudden Moses shows up, and then Elijah shows up. I tell you what, if I would have been Peter, James, and John, I think I would have been a little bit scared. There's a whole lot happening all at once. But look at this. So they have this mountaintop experience. And here's the thing. Three of them are with Jesus on this mountain. Three of them are right there. And the other nine, where are they at? They're down, they're down in, in the valley. They're down doing the work of Jesus. They were not there. And so Jesus, he's transfigured on the mountain. And there he is. He's radiant. He's glowing in the presence of the Lord. And, and, and here's the thing. This is what I, I could say. How many love mountaintop experience? How many love the, the highs of feeling of, of the presence of God? How many love those moments? I love those moments. You can't stay there all the time. You know what those moments are for? Those moments are to fill you so you can go down into the valley and begin to minister the word of the Lord. Speak into people's lives. Those moments aren't necessarily always for us. Sometimes we need those encouraging moments. But we are filled up to be poured out. Amen. And can I tell you that you've overstayed your mountain experience when you forget about the others... Down in the valley. And that's what happens in this case. He, Peter, he really wasn't thinking about the other nine disciples or the multitude of people with needs. He was just thinking about, hey, it's me, Jesus, James and John, and Elijah and Moses. It's our little group and no one else. Woo! Peter, he sees Jesus and he sees all this going on. And, and then he makes this ridiculous petition to the Lord while on the mountain because scripture tells us he didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to respond. And so he's like, "Hey, you know, Peter, he always had something to say, but in this moment he really didn't know how to respond. He said, "Jesus, this is what 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 we should do. Uh, this is a cool moment. We need to build a tabernacle for you. We need to build a tabernacle for Moses, and we need to build a tabernacle for Elijah. And we just need to stay up here." Oh man. How often, how often, boy, I tell you what, how many of us are still trying to live on the high from the last high experience that God gave us? Scripture tells us this, that God's, uh, that his mercies are renewed each and every morning. Do you know God wants to fill you up every day with something fresh? It's our job to reach out and say, hey, Lord, I'll take what you have today. Come on, give it to me. So it's amazing to so, me. So this is probably a, it, the heavens open up. It's so cool. This, this story is so cool. The heavens open up, and God the Father says, this is my son and who I am well pleased. And I like this last line. He says, listen to him. Best advice I've ever heard in my life right there. This is Jesus. Listen to him. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon, listen to Jesus, okay? And this is what the Father says. He says, listen to To him, and this is this is probably a a a cool moment to be with Jesus on the mountaintop. It's awesome, and Peter's pretty much forgets about the other nine. And I tell you what, sometimes we get selfish. You're a vessel of the Lord; the Lord pours in for you to, to pour out. Oh man, that was a good word. I know you may not like that, but that's something that we need to hear coming in in 2022. The purpose of me being filled up with the Holy Spirit is that I might go and be a witness for Jesus Christ. That's the purpose. So here's the thing. We grow accustomed as believers that we expect our mountaintop experience and we want to just keep it to ourselves. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you, God, for this moment. It's just for me, 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 me. That's selfish, 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 selfish. I can't even say that three times fast, it's hard to say. And here's the deal. I I don't think Peter meant meant to do that. I think think Peter's intentions were always pure, and he's trying to do what's right, and didn't know what to say in the moment. I guess that's a lesson for all of us to learn. When you don't know what to say, don't say nothing at all. Right? But after God speaks, Jesus instructs the three disciples. He says, (laughs) Jesus says, come go down to the valley. And I've asked God, why can't I stay on the mountaintops in my life? Thought about that and said, Lord, why can't I stay up there? Why, why can't I why can't I do it? And the short of the answer is this Jesus knows there's still work to be done. At that point, Peter, James, and John, they, they were just living it up up there with the Lord. This is such a cool moment. This is for us. But Jesus is like, yeah, there's still people that need to know. Who I am. There's still miracles that need to happen. We can't stay up here. There's still a work to be done. And so God, God has not called us just to experience His presence from week to week, only to remain there, but to do this: spread the gospel. And spread the light of Jesus to a dark and dying world. And when you've been in the presence. And here's the thing, when you've been in the presence of the Lord, you cannot hide it until, you know, you remember G, uh, Peter later, he would deny Jesus. And because who he had been around, they, they were able to, to know who he was, and they knew him by his accent, and they understood those things. And if, when you've been in the presence of God, you cannot hide it. But the sun, listen to this, the sun covers everything, it, and, and, and at night, it illuminates the moon, and all we have to do is look up to the moon and see that's the moon doesn't light up itself. I know you guys think that, that Duke energy runs the moon, but it does not. It is sun powered, it's a reflection. The moon is a reflection of the sun. Do you know God has called you to be a reflection of His Son, S O N, Jesus Christ? Amen. And as the church, we should be at a higher plane. Listen to me. The world, I think, they look for help from the church. But sometimes at the church, depending on where we're at, they're looking equal with us or they're looking down at us. But God has called you up to a higher plane so that we can be a light that shines bright in the world. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. You can't stay on the mountaintop because there is still work to be done. Still work to be done, number two, right here. Here's the second thing. There was a true lack of faith. And now I'm going to, I beat up on the, the three disciples on the mountain a little bit. But now I'm going to beat up on the nine that are below, okay. And we'll call them the JV team, okay. Or, or or the B team because they didn't get to go up with Jesus, you know. They could have been really jealous. But hey, they, you know, Peter, James, and John, they're having this moment with God. The other nine, they're down. And they are working their fingers to the bone just trying to do what God has called them to do. But look at this. Look at this. A true, there was a true lack of faith. So let me ask you this. Why are you here? Think about that for a moment. That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer that out loud. Why are you here? Because I drove my car here this morning. No, why are you here? Look at the big picture here. Why are you here? First John 3.8 says this. It says, he who sins is of the devil. If you're sinning, stop it. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. But look at this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus' purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. Here's the thing. I think some of us, we want a relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and that's great. We all want a relationship with Jesus Christ, but here's where we stop. You're not saved just to escape hell. That's one of the benefits of being saved, but that is not the reason that you are saved. He saved you that the light of Jesus would shine to a dark and dying world. You are a reflection. And as the church, we should be pushing back the spirit of darkness through prayers, through our worship, and the way we live our lives for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know this is quiet. You guys are quiet today, but I believe you're taking this in. Uh, we see in the text that the disciples who had done things in the Lord's name, here they are. They're, the nine that are down there, they are stumped. They are perplexed, and they, and they are in need of a situation. They're down there with a group of people, and there's a mob forming because they're trying to perform miracles, and they're not able to do it. It's amazing. They followed Jesus. They watched his example. And as the church, I believe we we aren't seeing, one of the reasons we aren't seeing the miraculous in the church is not because of effort, right? Because I believe we have effort. But here's the thing the disciples were trying, but they fell. But look at this Mark chapter 9, verse 18 says this. And this is the man speaking who's bringing his son. uh, And he says this So I ask your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Not able to do it. And then he answered them. And this is Jesus answering the disciples here. He's talking to his disciples here. And I want you to listen to this, what he says. He says, oh, faithless generation. Them's harsh words right there. He's not talking to the crowd. He's talking to his disciples. You faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? Kind of reminds me like a parent is with their kids. How long do I have to live with you, right? Just a little bit tired. You could almost feel the irritability in his voice. Miracles come from believing in the name of Jesus. The word them is the disciples, and what a rebuke and a chastisement of of the men who walked and saw Jesus do miracle after miracle time and time again. I can't help but think in our lives that we We've been around this thing for so long. We've seen miracles. We've we've lived in the mountaintop experiences, and we find ourselves there. And God's not doing uh, doing things in our lives because here's the thing. We give the nine left at the base of the mountain uh, somewhat of an inferior. I said that they were the JV team or whatever. But look at this. Notice I don't see Peter, James, and John stepping up. They just had a great mountaintop experience, but here they are, and they're just like, well, I'm just going to let Jesus just take care of this. They're smart siblings, right? Kind of like the, the, the siblings that's getting in trouble, they, like my kids, one of the siblings will be getting in trouble. The other two are kind of like, yeah, I'm going to hide back here, right? So they're not, they're not doing anything, but here's the thing. I, in Hebrew, I read this, Hebrews eleven six 6 says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Everyone say faith. And Jesus says this, oh, faithless generation. So look at this. He's, the symptom here is, is uh, uh, number one for these disciples is this. Here it is. You are faithless. I, it wasn't because I wasn't trying. But here's the thing. You are faithless. So how often are our prayers, look, look at me, how often are our prayers just empty words? Oh, we've learned to cite things. We've learned to say things. But do we mean those things? I know what I'm supposed to say. I, you know, raised in church, I know the right lingo. I know what to say and this and that. But listen, but how often are our prayers just words without sincerity? They're faithless words. And, and here's the thing. Those are not pleasing to God. And we know the obvious answer that Jesus tells them later in in verse 29 in private. I love this about Jesus. Instead of chastising them right there, he does say one thing about them, but he pulls them to the side later on in private. And he says this in verse 29. He says, these things don't happen unless there's prayer and fasting. Here's the reason why you couldn't do it, boys. Your prayer life's not where it needs to be. And number two, you haven't fasted. So look at this. So, so, but here's the thing. Faith, faith opens the door to believing. So it's safe to say the disciples, though they experienced Jesus, were faithless. Those are not my words. Those are Jesus' words. They had a weak prayer life. They had not fasted. And they were not ready to push back the darkness. How many knows that the enemy is, is stronger than we want to give him credit for at times? Me and my own self, I can't take on the enemy. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ through me, I can. And if I put Jesus at the right perspective, if I put my faith in him, not in, not in my ability, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. When I've prayed up, when I've fasted up, I know that I can push back the darkness because that is what Christ said I could do. And they had no way of knowing the timing of this event, but neither do we from day to day. We don't know what situation we're going to face from day to day. You may come across someone. You may be going through the store. You may come across a young child, maybe his name is Lunatic, who might be doing something. And you've got to be ready in season and out of season. Amen? And in order to be the light of Jesus, we have to walk by faith and have a fervent prayer life. I know this is simple, but it's powerful and it's potent, and we need it. All right, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up here. I hear this and I think, God, if that's me, if I'm like any of the disciples in this moment, if I'm stuck on a mountaintop experience, and Lord, if I'm thinking I'm walking in, 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 in your presence and, I, and I'm thinking I can cast out demons and I'm thinking that, I, that, that you can heal people through me, God, and, and it's not happening, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me to understand that. See, and so this leads me to my last point, number three right here. And, 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 and here's, the, here's the thing. As believers, I know this is tough. I want you guys, this is going to be tough because you're going to have to look inside yourself here. You've got to have an honest confession of faith. Look at yourself and say, hey, am am, am I truly walking? Am am I walking out this faith thing like God has called me to? Am I doing what he has called me to? Am I able to do? Am I spreading the light of Jesus? Am I stuck in my mountain experience? Am I stuck from what God did for me in 2010? Or am I living for what God has for me in 2022? Am Am I able to do these things? Am I able to pray for people? Am I able to shake the gates of hell with my prayers? It's an honest confession of faith. So, and, and the last person I want to look at, I looked at the disciples, but I want to look at the father of the son. So look at this. Mark chapter 9, uh, verse 20 it says this. And they brought the boy to him. Now, here's the good news. If you're like the disciples, and maybe, maybe your faith isn't where you need to be, you've got to be like the disciples did. You know what? I don't know what to do, but guess what? He does. I, I, I may be weak within myself, but Jesus can. Man, sorry I blew it, but Jesus can. Come on. Let's go to him. He'll fix this thing right up. And so here's the thing. Jesus moves with compassion on the boy and his father. And look at this. The father had only heard of Jesus. He had only heard of Jesus. This is the first time he's been with Jesus. And he might have heard of his ways of performing miracles. And when he got the word that Jesus and his disciples were near by faith, look at this. By faith, the father positioned himself to be in the middle of where Jesus was going to be. You know, by faith, you positioned yourself this morning to be where Jesus is going to be. How do you know that? Because the scripture tells us where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in their midst. And I can tell you this, when we come together, our faith is rising and God can manifest himself in this place. So he brought his need to Jesus. Here's the problem. Oftentimes I have a need and I want Jesus to come to my need. That doesn't take faith. You know what takes faith? Here, Lord. I don't know what to do with this. I've tried. I've got no answers. Take it. Take it. Can I tell you today, position yourself for a miracle? Look at this. The next part of that scripture says, And when the spirit saw and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed, and the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. So this is what happened. So this boy's demonically oppressed, and <laughs> I'm gonna make a powerful point here. Some of you feel like you've been coming to church. God, here's my situation. And the very thing that you need God to deliver you from is rare in its head, and it's gotten worse. Can I tell you something? When you're close to your breakthrough, the enemy is going to fight and throw a big fit and try and try and try. Not it's going to lash out. It's going to try its best not to let go. But can I tell you something? It knows its time is coming. Jesus... I love this the demonic spirit in this boy. Saw Jesus and convulsed and fought and wrenched. And here's the thing, you know, many of you have prayed for your situation. It seems to be getting worse and worse. And you know, I need help at this. And it just seems uh, this is happening. And those things were. And Jesus is on the scene, and He's about to change things forever for this young boy. Look at this, verse 21. And Jesus asked the Father, "How long has He been? Has this been happening to Him?" It's kind of a crazy question. To me, because why is that relevant to anything? You know, how long has this been happening? Well, Jesus just inquiring minds want to know, and He said, "From childhood." And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. So here's the thing, this, this demonic oppression, this demonic uh, spirit that lived within him was trying to take this young boy out. How many knows that the scripture tells us that the devil is here to kill, steal, and destroy everything within us. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you out however he can see. And here's the thing. It's been a long time. Some of you have been walking through a trial for a long, long time. I've been dealing with this depression. I've been dealing with this alcoholism. I've been... Dealing with this hidden sin. I've been hidden, dealing with this lust, or I've been dealing with this son or daughter who is running from you. And here's the thing it, it's causing me harm and it's got me on edge. But look at this. This is what the next part of that scripture says. But if you can do anything, this is what the Father says. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. I'm positioning myself right here for a miracle, Lord. And now I'm just going to ask you, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on me. Lord, I am here. He asked for compassion and help. And I love this. Jesus is like, you know, what a crazy statement to even say to the king of kings and the lord of lords. If you can do anything, right? If you can do anything, Lord. And it's almost as if he's saying, I dare you. And and this is crazy. So the man, he says what? He says, but if you can do anything. And what I like about this, the man ifs Jesus, then Jesus ifs the man back. The man says, if you can do anything, but Jesus says this, and Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. It's as if Jesus is saying, do you, do you know who I am? I don't think he's saying it in a, in a pious way, but he's like, I, I have all authority in heaven and hell, and I, I can tell things to move, and they'll move. I can tell this mountain to move. I can tell this demon to, to get, and it will get all things are possible for the one who believes. But what, what a unique ex- exchange between these, these two. And most Christians can identify with this man from time to time. It's our acknowledgement of our inadequacy that f- allows God to work in our lives. Let me say that again. That's a lot to say. But it, it, it's the acknowledgement of our inadequacy that allows God to work in our lives. So when we get to the point to say, oh, I can't do any more, God. It's all you. And God's like, oh, that's what I've been waiting for right there. That surrender right there. It's true. it's true to the point of salvation. Salvation comes to inadequate sinners who realize their need and ask for forgiveness. Same principle. Faith quickly arises in the man, and I've heard it from others. And I know I'm, 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 he says, I've heard it from them, and now I'm hearing it from you, Lord. And look at this, verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Here's a little bit, but help my unbelief. Have you ever been there? God, I believe, but I need you to help me here because I'm struggling too. I trust you, Lord, but I'm struggling in trusting you too. What an honest confession of this man. Even belief there is, is, is nagging hopelessness and, and, and doubt. But some translations say with tears in his eyes, he cries out, Jesus, I believe. I love this man because he's, his humility comes through here. Next line, help my unbelief. I'm 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 struggling. I'm struggling. I'm not seeing the picture anymore. I, I, I want to believe I'm doing my best here, but Lord, I need you to help me too. It went from Lord, help my son, to help me to believe that you're going to do something in my son. And as the church, we are quick to say, "I believe, Lord," but not as fast to cry out and ask for help. I believe in you, Lord. But Lord, I can do nothing without you. I say this, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief in my own life. Verse 25 says and when Jesus saw the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, "You mute and deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again." Don't you dare come back here. And when we believe in in the works of Jesus and act in faith, he changes the situation. Can I tell you this? Depression can't, can't stand. Marriages are healed. Sickness is touched. Jobs open up. The wayward son or daughter comes home. The blind see. The mute speak. The deaf hear. And the lost are found. It's time that the church stand up and be the church that Christ has called us to do, to be and That means to do greater things. We say it. Do you believe it? Verse 26, and after crying out and convulsing uh, with him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse. So most of them said, he's dead. They thought Jesus killed the young boy. But Jesus, I love this. This is such a picture of Grace. It says this, but Jesus took the hand of him and lifted him up, and he arose. The very thing that the enemy has used to knock you down, you think it's all, and people are looking at you and saying, oh, they're dead. They're no good. God's going to be like, no, there's more here. I've got a purpose and destiny. Bow your heads with me. All things are possible to those who believe. Today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you charge our faith. Lord, I I pray for those who may have struggled in their faith in recent days. Those who have lost hope. God, I pray, Lord. For those who are maybe tired, maybe their faith has waned, but I believe, Lord, coming into the year, this new year, Lord, that faith can arise in our hearts. God, things that we've seen, the mountaintop experience. God, I'm, I'm grateful for all the things that happened in 2020, 2021, and, and those are great moments. But, Lord, I can't stay in those moments. God, you've called me more than just to go from mountain mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience. But, Lord, to get from those moments, God, I have to go through the valley. God, and I pray, Lord, that in those moments where you fill me up, God, that I can be used to be poured out to a lost and dying world. And God, I ask, Lord, that as we pray for people, Lord, that they wouldn't be empty words and lost words. Not saying them just because that's what we do, but doing it because we believe. I truly believe that, Lord, that you can answer the prayer. And we put our faith in you, Jesus Christ. God, today, Lord, we may be like the Father. We may have to have an honest confession. I believe, but man, God, you got to help me with my unbelief. is something I'm struggling with. And I believe that most of us in this building can say that from time to time. We've been there. I believe, Lord, but man, help me with my unbelief. Not seeing it like I thought I would see it. It hasn't played out the way I thought it would. This door didn't open like I thought it would, or this door shut, or... Whatever the case. But God, I believe, but help my unbelief. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an invitation to know Him. We're saved by faith. I talked about faith today in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ would come. it would take the place of your sin. And He would bear your sin on a cross that He did not deserve. Scripture tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the start. And God wants a relationship with you today. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you an invitation. To know him all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you don't know him, would, would you just lift your hand, anybody in the building, to wait just a moment. Awesome. Thank you so much for being patient for a moment. If you're here today and say, hey, Pastor, I, I need my faith charged. I hmm, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Say, I, I want the Lord to, to move and minister. I want the Lord to increase my faith. I want the Lord to help me. And I want to move into a realm that he's called me to. I want to do this. If, if that's you, would, would you just... Will you just stand with me? That you just stand. Moving to a new level today. God, I don't want the status quo. God, I don't want to be stuck on a mountaintop, but God, I want to move in faith like you've called me to move in faith. God, I pray for each and every person standing in this building right now. God, I pray, Lord, that you would increase their faith. God, for the things that they're believing in, the things that they're struggling for. God, most of all, Lord, that their faith would be rekindled in you. God, maybe they believed in you, God, in a long time. They've been saved a long time, but, God, there's always a certain amount of doubt that, uh, that comes and creeps into our lives at times. God, we come against doubt, and fear, and anxiety. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just increase in each and every person. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Will you stand with me all across this building? We you lift our hands Just begin to worship the Lord